Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for a few minutes, about 13 minutes. But in doing so, that keeps us in God's Word, and that's important because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So being in God's Word every day helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith. But it also keeps us focused on our relationship with God and in our souls, helps us to have a more spiritually based mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. We want to encourage you to help people in your life, people you know, probably some within your own family, who need to get into God's word. They need to grow in their faith. They need to change the direction of their lives. Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, probably other technological means. But make the commitment and start sharing every day with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can. What a great blessing to ultimately help somebody get to heaven because you got them into God's word and help them to start changing the direction of their life and growing in their faith by sharing these short studies with them every day. But that will also be a great blessing for you, not just for them. So start sharing today. We're coming toward the end of our line of thought and study, talking about seven sins that will keep you out of heaven. Well, we could just simply boil that down and say, sin will keep you out of heaven. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6 and verse 23. (laughs) So we need forgiveness. And when some of those Jews gathered on Pentecost, asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, after hearing that gospel sermon about their Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they said, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. You've got to turn away from your sinfulness and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. When Ananias, sent by the Lord himself, went to Saul of Tarsus, he came to him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Well, if we're living in sin, we cannot expect to be in heaven for eternity. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10, that's exactly what the apostle Paul said, what he wrote. He, he, he told the Christians in Corinth that living in sinfulness will keep you out of heaven. How did he put it again? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he went through and started listing some representative kinds of sinful practices and lifestyles that would keep a person out of heaven. Well, we've looked at, and and what we're doing is we're looking at this in three basic categories of the sinful practices that Paul listed in that text, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. The first one was sacred sins, or we might call spiritual sins. Now, ultimately, all sins are spiritual in nature in that they violate our spiritual souls. But what I mean by spiritual sins or sacred sins is the worship of something or somebody outside of God. We call it idolatry or the worship of idols. 
Now, for some people, it is actually worshiping some statue or image or carving that they consider to be deity. And so they will bow down to that image, that statue, that carving, and pray to it, worship it, offer incense to it, or sacrifice, or whatever. It's idolatry. It's idol worship. Now, there are what I call modern-day idolatries, and that's simply we may not bow down before an image, but we turn our lives over to some kind of practice to which we are absolutely committed. It becomes the way of our life, the focus of our life. That's what we value in life. And that can be all kinds of things. The love of pleasure can be materialism, our career, our possessions, things that we own or that we want to get, family, when we put them ahead of God, our comfort, our convenience. It can be sex. It can be all kinds of things. And, and so those can become idols in our lives. The second grouping or category of sins that Paul listed there in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10, were sexual sins. And so we talked about those, fornication or sexual immorality as a whole, adultery, homosexuality. The last grouping we could look at as, as, as social sins. What do we mean by social sins? Well, we're talking about sins that uh, can have a, a, a social impact in our lives. We talk about uh, the, the you know, social network, you know, that, you know, Facebook and, and, and uh, uh, all, all of those kinds of, of platforms that we, take invo- we get involved in, texting and emails and, and all of that. Well, we, we look at social, social sins, and, and we're talking about what Paul brings out there is dishonesty. Now, he uses the word covetousness. Among the original Ten Commandments, God gave strong emphasis to covetousness as being sinful. The very last of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. How, How else could we, what other word could we use instead of covet or covetousness? The idea of covetousness is greed. You have this ungodly focus and desire on having something that does not belong to you, and in a great many cases, actually belongs to somebody else. In Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, and verse 7, the Apostle Paul wrote this about this particular sinful mindset and practice. He said, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. Well, also, in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul wrote, For this you know, that no fornicator, sexual sins again, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, 
has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It's interesting that Paul, in that particular verse of Scripture, connects covetousness with idolatry. Well, you see, we can become so consumed in our mind over something that somebody else has that we do not have, or maybe simply something that is out there that we want, but we don't possess, and maybe we don't have the means to get it, that that can actually become an idol in essence to us. We become so focused upon it. Well, covetousness, greed is probably the more common term that we would use, greed. Theft, covetousness, extortion are all connected. See, when somebody wants something so much, they can become hateful toward the individual who has it, or they can harbor extremely resentful emotions within their own mind and heart because they don't have it and can't see the way that they can get it, but also it can lead them to thievery where they'll eventually steal it, or even violence where they might beat somebody up or even kill somebody to get something that that person has that they want. Anyone who lusts commits mental adultery. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 28, Jesus talks about if you're lusting after someone in your heart, then you have already committed adultery with that person in your heart. You may never take part in the physical act but you have already committed adultery in your heart. So no one who covets commits, so one who covets commits mental theft a lot of times because they're, 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 they're trying to plot in their mind, how can I get that? Why should that person have it? I ought to get it. And in a sense, they can take that to such an extreme that they're actually processing how they can, in some unrightful way, get whatever it is that they are greedy for that somebody else has and they don't have. Nothing keeps either from the sin but lack of opportunity and the fear of consequences. In their mind, they've already committed the act of thievery or of hatred or maybe of violence toward an individual that has something that they're coveting, that they're greedy for. They just haven't done the physical act, but they've already committed sin within their minds and in their hearts. Extortion refers to swindlers and nonviolent crimes, such as employee pilferage, pilferage, kickbacks, bribery, security fraud, embezzlement, arson, burglary, vandalism, shoplifting, An insurance or check or credit card fraud. Most gambling fits into this category. Also, why do people gamble and almost always lose? Certainly almost always lose far more than they win because they covet the, the money that they don't have, but they want. Well, we need to open our eyes. We need to wake up and recognize the dangers of that kind of greed. It's interesting that we refer to greed as, in in that way, as, as just consuming us, consuming us. Well, and when we couple that with the idea of envy, covetousness, 
greed, envy, all go together. And how do we describe envy? Oh, that green envy. And it kind of conjures up in our mind's eye an ugly picture, an ugly vision. We'll look at the last two of the seven sins that Paul listed in 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10, that will keep a person out of heaven next time as we close this study. Let's pray. Father, thank you for listing for us in your word dangers to our soul, ways that are sinful and that will keep us out of heaven. Not that you're trying to be mean to us, but that you're trying to warn us and that you're trying to help us and guard us against falling into these self-destructive practices and lifestyles that are so sinful and grievous that they will keep us out of heaven. Help us to learn, Father. Help people all over the world to learn and embrace these truths and come to you for forgiveness and salvation through Christ. We pray this, Father. Help us to ever stay strong against these temptations. Please forgive us, gracious Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.